0: A big win for the Biden administration and America, um, but maybe not so much. The DOJ is still going after Trump, but does Merrick Garland have anything? And CNN has figured out we should be eating we sh- what we should be eating again instead of anything but those farting cows. It's disgusting, but we'll be saving the environment. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talk in Politics. Hey hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talk and Politics. Hey, good news! Nancy Pelosi decided to be brave and show up in Taiwan. She's in Taiwan as we speak. There are no sound bites. There's nothing out there, but she is there, and I think that's a good thing. I, I really, I really think that's a good thing. I'm glad she went. Uh, I think she needs. We need to so, show solidarity with Taiwan. We need to show China we're not afraid. We're not going to be bullied by them. I don't think it fixes a lot of our problems. I think that we actually need to show strength with China because China thinks they can do whatever they want. This is the thing with Trump. Trump had no problems telling people, hey, go ahead, try doing something, and I will nuke you into next year. I mean, he said this a couple of times. Remember Kim Jong-un? He said, yeah, you've got a button, but I've got a button too. And it's a lot bigger than your button. This is the problem. This is why there was no wars under Trump. There were no wars under Trump is because Trump was crazy. And nobody, Xi Jinping, um, Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un, they didn't know what he would do. So they thought, okay, we'll just stay out of it. I mean, there was no attacking Ukraine. Russia had been wanting to attack Ukraine for years. Decades, actually. I mean, when Putin took office, he wanted to attack Ukraine. But with Bush, with uh, Trump, he never did it because he knew, okay, Trump would just go right after him. And he just didn't know what Trump would do. And actually, Putin did admit this. He said, I just never knew what he would do. Now we've got weakness in the White House. We've got a politician in the White House. Trump was never a politician. That was the thing. Trump was never a politician. Trump was a, a man. And he did what he had to do to keep the country safe. And that was the whole thing. He would threaten his enemies. He'd had no problem with it. And the enemies backed off. This is a reason we haven't had a war under Trump. And we probably would not have a war today if Trump had won. And I won't get into the the, the election being stolen and crap. I, I still believe it was probably. I know it was stolen. I mean, you have to. You have to. You can't sit there and say even if you don't believe the votes changed, the media's play on the Trump election on the two thousand on the twenty twenty election is very obvious. The suppression of the Hunter Biden. Laptop by itself cost Trump 10%. So we know the election was stolen. Okay, well let, let's 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 go to some Kamala-isms because you know we haven't done that in what two days. Here's Kamala. She's talking at some sort of I don't know, she's doing some sort of conference and she's talking about climate change. First off, let's listen to what she has to say, because, you know, there was flooding both in Las Vegas and in Kentucky. So, of course, this is a sign of climate change, right? It's not weather or the stuff. Actually, these are monsoons. They actually do happen, and it's not actually the first time they've ever happened. But here she is talking about about this and then we'll get to the true kamalaism but this is this is just a very interesting statement i think it's kind of interesting we should start with it listen
1: for years our nation and many of us have discussed have lamented have talked about the threat of climate change for years we debated the potential impact that climate change could have on our communities on our country and our world And today, we know the impact, if folks weren't clear about it before. Just watch the evening news and see that the time for debate is long past. (laughs) Climate change has become a climate crisis. And a threat has now become a reality. In recent days, deadly floods have swept through Missouri and Kentucky, washing away entire neighborhoods, leaving at least 35 dead, including babies, children. As has been reported, four children from one family. So the devastation is real. The harm is real. The impact is real. And we are witnessing it in real time.
0: Democrats just cannot let any kind of disaster go to waste. They have to continually conflate. This was a freak weather occurrence. And by the way, it's not that freak. It does happen. and But they have to say, well, this two days of rain is exactly what the problem is it's the entire climate it's all this and and one of the things that drives me absolutely crazy about this is the arrogance think about this for a second she's basically saying we have to do something and the government can fix the weather government's not going to fix anything the government can't even keep the economy running the government can't even run a pandemic the government can't do anything and they're suddenly going to change the weather? Do you buy that crap? Anyway, here's the, uh, just give us more power. More power, more power, more power. That's what we need. Okay, so, this. but here's the Kamalaism. Um, I, I guess you could say that last clip was a Kamalaism because it was really stupid thing to say, but this is the real Kamalaism. You tell me, what do you think? You think she said anything? Listen,
1: I know that while we send our prayers and our love, we also with each day renew our commitment to the urgency of now and the ability that we have collectively, all of us in it together, to do something about it. May God bless you and may God bless America. Thank you.
0: I mean, she is so bad at this. She talks and you just, oh my gosh. And by the way, her approval is at a brand new low today, 26%. That's your next president. She'll be president by the end of the year. I would bet my arm on it that Joe, old Joe, after he get, after the Democrats get blitzed in November and the Republicans take the Senate and the House. I hope they take the Senate, but they take the Senate in the House. Old, old Joe's going to be out and she's going to be the president and either uh, Pritzker or Newsom will be vice president or maybe Buttigieg. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, what a terrible human being. Okay. In the next story, um, there has been very little for the Biden administration to cheer about. Uh, that... All of us, nonpartisan way, we can cheer Joe Biden. Well, he has done—I mean, let's face it—he's done very little for America. He's basically torn it apart. But you know something? Sometimes, even a you know blind squirrel gets a nut. And you know something? He did something good, sort of. Let here's Joe Biden's announcement yesterday. Well, let's hear it from
2: his mouth. Americans. On Saturday, at my direction, the United States successfully concluded an airstrike in Kabul, Afghanistan, that killed the emir of Al Qaeda, Ayman al-Zawiri. You know, Zawiri was uh, bin Laden's leader. He was with him all the, the whole time. He was his number two man his deputy at the time the terrorist attacked 9-11. He was deeply involved in the planning of 9-11 one of the most responsible for the attacks that murdered 2,977 people on American soil. For decades, he was the mastermind behind attacks against Americans, including the bombing of the USS Cole in 2000, which killed 17 American sailors and wounded dozens more. He played a key role, a key role in the bombing of the U.S. embassies in Kenya and Tanzania, killing 224 and wounding over 4,500 others.
0: That's pretty awesome. Okay, according to Fox News, President Biden announced Monday that the U.S. government killed the leader of Al-Qaeda, Ayman Ayman al-Zawahiri, in a successful counterterrorism operation in Afghanistan that removes the terrorists from the battlefield once and for all and degrades the terror network's ability to operate. The United States government, on July 30th at 948 PM Eastern Time and 6:18 AM Kabul Time undertook a precision precision counterterrorism operation, k- killing the terrorist who served as Osama bin Laden's deputy during 9/11 during the 9/11 attacks and his successor in 2011 following bin Laden's death. This is great. This was a bad dude. He was involved in just about every terror plot. And attack, including 9/11, for the last 30 years. He took over when Bin Laden was killed in 2011, and has ordered Al Qaeda to do anything, the attack, anything to attack the United States. So this is a monster move. Here are some things: he was on the FBI's most wanted list. There's, there was a 25, there is a 25 million dollar reward for his head. He But here's the big problem. He wasn't hiding. He was actually in the middle of the city in a very ritzy area of Kabul. He was killed on his balcony by a drone. Nobody else supposedly was injured or killed. Now, we don't know that. It's very possible somebody else was killed in this whole thing. But right now... According to the government, they just killed him. And by the way, this shows how awesome our military is. That we can target a man on a balcony. And we just don't support our military enough. Now, I got to tell you, there are some problems with this whole thing. The first is, how was this guy just cruising around Afghanistan, living in a place that is actually owned by a Taliban government official, when the Taliban had said that they would not host any terrorist cells in Afghanistan. Other problem we have... I'm sorry, I have to throw some rain on this parade. Okay, the other problem here is... This, we don't have any confirmation that this guy, that that is actually the guy. We don't have DNA. We don't have anything. How do they know? Now, I personally prefer, I know I'm raining on the parade and things like that, but um, I actually think the government did kill him because the CIA and the military, they're that good. I do believe he's dead. But the fact that we walked out of Afghanistan in that absolute disaster, let a terrorist organization take over the country, it just annoys me that we can't just walk in and say, hey, can we check to make sure we killed the right guy? Now, Biden is touting this as proof of we have over-the-horizon capabilities. That might be true, but only to an extent. It's just, it's very disturbing. But you know what? I'm not going to even think about that. Maybe that's in a future podcast. I don't know. But good for the Biden administration. Excellent for the CIA and the military. This is a huge kill. It needed to be done. He is a terrible human being. He is now sucking the penis of Satan in hell right now. Killing 2,900, killing uh, almost 3,000 American citizens. He's a terrible human being good riddance. And I'm going to sit there. I'm going to take, I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to celebrate this. And I'm going to take the government's word that they actually did get them. And by the way, I fly a drone. I got my drone license yesterday. I am proud that a drone took them out. Okay, let's go to the next thing. Um, I mean, with the good comes the bad. Um, they just can't leave Trump alone. I think, you know, this president would be far more popular if he just got out of the way and stopped going after his political enemies. He, but he can't do this. And he won't do it. He won't just sit there and say, you know what? Janu- Listen, the January 6th thing. It was a bad thing. There's no question. It was bad. It was. A, it was a right... I even sat there while I was watching it on television... Which makes me basically, according to, to the January Sixth Commission, makes me, uh, it makes me a an accomplice. I watched it. And I thought, my God, this is so bad, and I really thought it was bad. And I thought it was bad because it makes conservatives look bad. And I know there's all the whataboutism with the um, 2020 riots or the uh, 2018 riots all of those things, the BLM riots, but the reality is it doesn't matter. All of the BLM riots were going to be forgotten. It's only this riot that's going to be remembered because conservatives did this. Now, mind you, all these conservatives were unarmed. This wasn't an insurrection. I know that's what we hear all the time. Insurrection, insurrection. It wasn't an insurrection. I even had a buddy text me and tell me, what do you think about Trump? Yeah, nothing. I don't think anything of it. This wasn't an insurrection. Nobody was armed that went into the building. Nobody has been prosecuted for carrying a weapon, a bomb, or anything. I mean, for Christ's sake, the guy, one guy was wearing bullhorns on his head. This is not an insurrection. This is a bunch of droogs that walked into a place and started being stupid. I mean, one of them stole Nancy Pelosi's lectern, for Christ's sake. Okay, so anyway, according to the Washington Post, the Justice Department is investigating President Donald Trump's actions as part of a criminal probe of efforts to overturn the 2020 election results, according to four people familiar with the matter. Prosecutors who are questioning witnesses before a grand jury, including two top aides of to Vice President Mike Pence, have asked in recent days about conversations with Trump, his lawyers, and others in his inner circle who sought to substitute Trump allies for certified electors from some states Joe Biden won, according to people familiar with the matter. Both spoke on a condition of anonymity to discuss an ongoing investigation. By the way, anytime you hear they discussed it anonymously, uh, red flags go up and you can, there's a 50% chance that this B.S. Right off the bat. The prosecutors have asked hours of detailed questions about meetings Trump led in December 2020 and January 2021, his pressure campaign on Pence to overturn the election, and what instructions Trump gave his lawyers and advisors about fake electors and sending electors back to the states, the people said. Some of the questions focused directly on the extent of Trump's involvement in the fake elector effort led by the outside lawyers, including John Eastman and Rudy Giuliani, these people said. Now, I got to tell you something. Um, Here's the problem. And The Washington Post is not exactly a right-leaning newspaper. It's actually extremely left-wing. Here's the problem. Um, Intent counts. President Trump had to have intent to physically overturn the election through an insurrection. Okay, the big problem that everyone's going to have is that this wasn't an insurrection because they had no ability to take over the government. They weren't. I mean, it was over in two hours. And Trump never has intent, never plans anything. This is a big problem that they have in this criminal probe. Trump said things. Okay, and by the way, he didn't actually tell people to go and take over the Capitol building. He never said that. They're going to have a tough time. Continuing the article. In addition, Justice Department investigators... Investigators in April received phone records of key officials and aides in the Trump administration, including his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, according to the two people familiar with the matter. Again, anonymous sources, so uh, I don't know. Uh, the That effort is another indicator of how expansive the January 6th probe had become, well before the high profile televised hearings in June and July on the subject. Of course, those high-profile hearings didn't really say anything. Now, here's the problem. I feel, I feel bad for Merrick Garland. Well, I, mean, I, I really don't. He's dumb and an a-hole, but he is caught between a rock and a hard place. The left wants charges for January 6th on Trump So they can prevent him from running in 2024. That's what they want. The problem is. Garland really doesn't have any evidence. Trump did anything. Because don't forget. This is a very difficult. Case to prosecute. Because you have to show intent. And Donald Trump doesn't have. Intent to anything. This was not an insurrection. This was a riot. And. I don't care about the BLM riots. This was just a riot. It was a bad riot, pushed by bad people. It's going to be very hard to take this to trial, even if there is an indictment. And by the way, every lawyer knows you can indict a ham sandwich because the indictment process is so broad. I mean, you've got 50 people. It's a majority that has to say indict. It's only the prosecution that makes the argument. The defense does not call anybody. The defense does not get to... I mean, the indictment process is really simple. And here's the problem. Democrats are really relying on this for November. They're worried about this for the elections. That's why the January 6th commission is now getting all this attention. By the way, January 6th commission has been going on for a year. And now they're covering it? I wonder why. They haven't turned up anything. Even Merrick Garland sat back and said, Hey, yeah, this is something, but the problem is Merrick Garland has to prosecute. And he admitted it this week. We are we've been doing an investigation for a year. Well, I mean, you've been doing an investigation on this for a year. And you still haven't found enough to indict. That's the kicker. They haven't found enough to indict yet. That is something. I mean, the Justice Department, with all their resources, and they still can't indict him. This is going. No, this is going nowhere. This is a partisan witch hunt, and the Justice Department and Merrick Garland. Even though he's an idiot, he's not an idiot. He knows that, hey, I can't take this to court. But he's so, he's so subservient to his base, to the Biden base, that he's going to have to, he's going to indict Trump. And Trump is going to be, come up again, indicted. Which, by the way, is what happened with his two impeachments. He's going to indict him no matter what. And you know what? It's not going to mean anything. If it, it, it does anything, it's going to make Trump more popular. Okay. Um, Biden just does stupid crap, and this is one of his dumber moves. According to the Daily Wire, Democrat President Joe Biden has reportedly offered in exchange a notorious Russian weapons tra- uh, trafficker, Victor Bout in exchange for the release of WNBA player Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan. CNN reported that several sources inside the administ- administration said that the proposal received Biden's backing after a brief after being he was briefed on the matter. "Quote, we communicated a substantial offer that we believe could be successful based on the history of conversations with the Russians, a senior administration official told CNN, we communicated that a number of weeks ago in June. I have no problem with getting Paul Whelan back. Uh, he was a Marine. He was accused of spying against Russia back in 2018. He was sentenced to 16 years in prison. Now, the the what's questionable is whether he actually was spying in Russia or. In Russia. I can tell you one thing. Chances are he probably was spying in Russia because you do not go to Russia if you're in the military. I I kid you not. When I was in the military, my dad went to Moscow for a vacation just to see Moscow, and I couldn't go because I was in the military. So you don't typically do that. So chances were he was, but they have kangaroo courts in Russia. And they just convict people. So I have no problem with him. But Brittany Griner is another story. Um, she hates America, refused to stand for the National Anthem before the, her WNBA games, and actually supported eliminating the National Anthem altogether before WNBA games. She hates America, and now she wants America to save her. So does this sound like, I'm, I, I'm a no on that. So let's talk about Victor Bout, who they're trading for. Because even Wheeler, I would say, no, you don't make that trade. Okay, he's a Russian arms dealer. He's an entrepreneur and a former Soviet military translator. Um, he used Russian or Soviet air transports to smuggle weapons from the Soviet Union to Eastern Europe, Africa, and the Middle East during the 90s and the 2000s. In other words, he's giving weapons to terrorists. He's been known as the merchant of death and a sanctions buster because of his operations. So if someone would put sanctions on Iran... And he would make sure Iran got what they needed. He was arrested on March 6th, 2008. Arrested in Thailand on terrorism charges. The Thai government arrested him on terrorist charges. He was extradited to the United States. And um, was accused of giving weapons to the FARC group, which is the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, that these weapons were used against American military. He was in november second, twenty eleven, he was convicted in Manhattan on conspiracy to kill US citizens and officials and sentenced to twenty five years in prison. Right now, he's being held in a United States pen- in the United States Penitentiary, Marion. Does this sound like a guy you want to give back to Russia? Who really wants him, by the way? They really want him back. Uh, my answer would be no. And mm, Brittany Griner can spend time... I mean, let's face it. Brittany Griner did break Russian law. She was carrying drugs. Just because they're legal here doesn't mean they're legal there. This is the one thing you learn when you travel out, out of state. You learn the customs, traditions, and laws of another country. So if a country, let's say Australia or, 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 or Taiwan or Indonesia, they're very anti-drug. If I'm carrying drugs over, even for personal use, yeah, you can expect you're going to get arrested. And you can, you're going to serve time. I don't feel sorry for her. Screw her. I would say no to this trade. Just because this guy is a bad dude. This is a very bad dude. Okay. So, I was trying to buy... In this next story... Yes, I'm going over again today. Because there's so many stories. So many stories. Of course, what's funny is tomorrow I'm probably not going to have anything. So... I was trying to buy socks at Walmart the other day. I'm not kidding you, socks. I gave up because all the socks were behind glass, and I knew right off the bat it was going to take 20 minutes to get an employee there to open the case, grab the socks. And by the way, that's why I don't buy other things at Walmart like aspirin or um, shaving or shaving implements like razors. I don't. I don't bother because. I'm not going to be able to get them within an hour. Okay? All this because there's a crime problem. People are stealing crap, getting arrested, getting released, and then going back and stealing again. I live in San Diego. New York is in far worse shape. According to the New York Post, it's a nation crisis in a can. Inflation and crime have gotten so bad in Gotham, and they're talking New York, that even cheap meat like spam has to be locked up. At Duane Reed's stores in Port Authority Bus Depot, that's Manhattan. Um, the shelf-stable product, only $3.99 a can, is now being stocked in plastic anti-theft cases. I've never seen that before. One cashier laughed while using a magnet to remove a can of spam from his cage. So let me be clear here. They are taking cans of spam that come in cases of, I think, 48 and putting each individual can inside its own locked box because people are stealing spam. And it's not just spam. Spam. It's sardines and canned ham, too. They're putting them in freaking lockable cases that have to be unlocked. Yeah, crime's not a problem. How about we just arrest these people and put them in jail? Why does my life have to be made miserable? Because there are a bunch of freaking thieves out there. See, here's the whole thing with this whole crime thing, Uh, with this, this, this bail reform and all this crap. You know, yes, you can feel bad for the criminal, but that criminal is making my quality of life worse. I don't want to hear about the rights of the criminal. My quality of life sucks. I got a problem with that. Okay, in the last story, and this is why I'm going over because it's just, there's so much good stuff out here. So, you know, over the last couple of years, uh, there's been a push by the media to get rid of us, to change our diets. You may have noticed this. CNN is notorious for this. You know, they're, they're pushing us to get rid of, stop eating fish and beef and chicken because cows and, I don't know, chickens fart. And fish make us fart, I guess, and we're putting more CO2 into into the air, and so we, we should stop eating cows because every you know everyone's all the cows are farting. Of course, they never explain what they're going to do with the cows if we all just suddenly decide to stop eating cows. They, I mean, the cows aren't gonna go away. As a matter of fact, us eating steak is and hamburger are a reason the cows actually are controlled in population. They don't talk about that. And not to mention, I mean, you can see it. They're they're actually trying to do it. I paid, on Sunday, I paid $12 for two pounds of ground beef, hamburger. You know, I, I used to work at a grocery store and one of the things they did was teach me the meat department taught me how they make hamburger do you know what how they make hamburger with old meat that is old enough that they can't serve it as steak so they take a good steak that hasn't been sold and they throw it in a grinder and make hamburger and that gives the hamburger a couple of days more of life and by the way when you're at a grocery store you look at a steak understand something that steak lasts a lot longer than you think it does but what it ends up doing is turning blue because that's actually the color of meat. It's not red. It starts turning blue because it starts oxidizing and then they can't really do sell the steak. No one will buy it. They think it's bad. Well, it's not bad. It's just turning back to its regular color. So they stick it in a grinder, make it into a, um, make it into, uh, uh, crush it up and it turns red again. Because that's what it's supposed to do, and you've got ground beef. Yeah, we're paying $12 for that. We're paying 6 six to $7 a pound for that now. Basically, old beef. Old beef that couldn't be sold. So, CNN is, again, the ones that are really pushing the stop-eating-meat crap. I mean, they actually showed reporters, and you can see this on YouTube. I'm not making this up to show reporters eating cicadas. Remember the cicadas came out last year? And the cicadas were all over the place. I mean, they basically hibernate for 18 years and then they die and they fall on the ground. They actually ate cicadas as a primary source of protein. How does it taste? Oh, it tastes great. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, No, no. Well, CNN has come up with a new source of protein. So here, here's... A, an article, it's called, the article is called, uh, Drink Up, Cockroach Milk is the Protein Drink You Didn't Know You've Been Missing. <laughs> okay, a little cockroach milk with those cookies, chock full of protein, the insect milk may someday be transformed into a food supplement worthy of human consumption, new research indicates. Scientists have found that the Pacific beetle cockroach feeding its bug babies a formula which is remarkably rich in protein, fat, and sugar. Don't expect to find it in the regular milk in the dairy section, however, at least not for now. any liquid harvested from a cockroach is not true milk, at least not as we think of it, said Becky Facer, director of school and educator programs at Fernbank Museum of Natural History in Atlanta. Most people would agree, after all, that insect liquid takes the form of protein crystals in the guts of babies, baby cockroaches. Quote, The protein crystals are milk for the cockroach infant. It is important for its growth and development," said, end quote, said Leonard Chavas, of the sci- one of the scientists behind research. He explained that the crystals have a whopping three times the energy of the equivalent mass of buffalo milk and four times the equivalent of cow's milk. Yeah, that's what they're trying to sell us. They want people to stop eating anything that is mammalian food source. Milk, beef, chicken. Well, chick- uh, chickens aren't mammals, but they want us to stop eating cows. That's a Green New Deal thing. CNN is really pushing this. Now, here's the thing. I have no problem eating alternative sources of protein. Okay, beef is questionably good for you. It raises cholesterol. There's, it's very fatty. Chicken's much better for you. Fish is fantastic. Even fish, though, eating too much fish can be bad for you. But here's the thing. There are 16 amino acids 16 amino acid proteins in beef, chicken, and fish. And you don't get that from anything else. Now, I've had the Impossible Burger at Burger King. Not terrible. But then again, I also mentioned that I ate it. And I was tasting the lettuce, tomato, onion, ketchup, mayonnaise, all that stuff. The beef itself wasn't that great, or the plant-based beef itself wasn't that great. So I have no problem with actually trying alternatives to beef. But first off, two things. One, it's got to taste good. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure you're not going to be able to create a plant-based steak. Second thing... Um. Yeah, it just doesn't taste good. How about this? Stop trying to change us. Let the market handle it. They're already trying to create beef alternatives. Let them do it. Eventually, they may do it. Stop rushing things. It's like with the electric car thing. Stop rushing it. Tesla has proven we can make a good electric car. Let the market handle it because the reality is if enough people bitch about it, there's going to be a market for it. Okay. Well, I, I it, it, there's some sad news. Um, uh, Bill Russell died this week. Um, he was late 80s. I'm not sure how old he was. Uh, Bill Russell Probably, I would say, probably the greatest basketball player ever. And that means, and I mean, he was better than Jordan. He was better. Again, you can't really compare the time. Better than Jordan, better than Bryant, better than, definitely better than LeBron. The guy retired with a career, um, with a career career statistics sheet of a triple-double. He won 11 NBA championships. He actually went I think he was 88 or something. Uh, I can't find his age here. Um, he was a great player. Um, and he did announcing, he did a lot of announcing for the NBA when he retired in his older age. Uh, he was very good at it. Uh, He won the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He got the Presidential Medal of Freedom from uh, Barack Obama. Very sad. Very, very sad. And I think this death, this is a loss. He was 88, yes. This loss was as bad as, let's say, Muhammad Ali. I don't like Muhammad Ali that much. I think he was kind of a jerk-off, but um, Bill Russell wasn't. Another death that really hit home, this one hit home, is Nichelle Nichols. Uh, and the reason this one hit home is because I'm a huge Star Trek fan. I'm a huge fan of the, um, of the, uh, what was that series? I, I'm saying I'm such a huge huge fan and then I don't really remember what the series is, but the um, uh, Dead Deadpool. I'm a huge Deadpool guy. Nichelle, Nichelle Nichols. By the way, there are only uh, three people left from the original Star Trek. She died at 89. Um, she played Uhura on Star Trek. Now there's only George Takai the Russian guy, and William Shatner left from the show. It's really sad. Th- that one, I think, hit me worse than Bill Russell because I've never, I never never saw Bill Russell play. But I did watch... I, I've i watched every Star Trek episode. I love Star Trek. And she's gone. So rest in peace. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkinpolitics.com. Now I've just completely depressed myself. Uh, A a new video is up on Rumble. Go take a look at it. It's just AOC being an idiot again. So go to Rumble, search for Dumbasses Talking Politics, and have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.